Welcome to the Best of God Reports podcast. I'm your host, Sam, and I'm here today with my wife, Rebecca. Today, we are going to be listening to an interview by God Reports journalist Mark Ellis with Mark Hancock. In 2013, when it became apparent the Boy Scouts were headed into uncharted waters to accommodate a gender-confused society, leaders from 44 states came together in Nashville, Tennessee to form a Christ-centered alternative to the scouting movement. In response to this, Trail Life USA was born. Enjoy this live interview by journalist Mark Ellis with Mark Hancock from 2022. Tell me, uh, tell me about Trail Life and your involvement with it. Yeah, Trail Life is a boy-focused, Christ-centered, character leadership <laughs> adventure organization. Looks a lot like Boy Scouts in terms of handbooks and uniforms and outdoor adventure and uh, uh, focus on, on uh, male-centric model, although that has changed for Boy Scouts. Around about eight years, we're in uh, all 50 states, about 900 churches, about 40,000 members. Two, uh, two characteristics that are different between the two organizations is we are Christ-centered and boy-focused. Okay. And those are both areas that the Boy Scouts is not in. So if those, are, if those areas are important to, to a parent, then they really don't have a choice. Um, if they're not that important, then you've got two organizations to choose from. <laughs> yeah. now, t- were you involved in starting it then? Or? I was. Or about, uh, we don't point to a founder. Okay. I was there at the beginning. There were about 300 volunteers across the country, mm-hmm. and I was on the initial uh, board of directors, and then I stepped off the board to run the organization when we launched. Okay. Yeah. So what was the impetus for starting? In 2013, it was clear that the Boy Scouts were kind of headed in a, in a different direction, sort of abandoning some of their mm-hmm. values. That's the year that my son earned his Eagle Award. Okay. And uh, so there were a lot of Christians in the scouting movement, who said that uh, they knew that their church could not move forward with the, with the changes. Uh, and uh, so there needed to be an alternative. So these 300 volunteers across the country connected through like LinkedIn and those, those sorts of things mm-hmm. and um, started talking about what an alternative would look like. Mm-hmm. Then in 2013, there was a meeting in Louisville, Kentucky. About 50 leaders were called together, denominational leaders, uh, Christian media people, executive scout, former executive scouters. Um, and there were four factions that came together at that meeting and said, we're going we're gonna to leave this place with one, mm. one focus. And 68 days later, we had a convention in Nashville, had 1,200, uh, 1,100 men and 100 women come from 44 states. And that's where we rolled out the, the name and a general uh, idea of what the organization would be like. And three months later, we launched on January 1st, 2014. Wonderful. Was there already some other Christ-centered boy kind of uh, groups like that? or um, Some folks would say that we have some things in common with some Christian groups that have been around. You have okay. Royal Ambassadors, you have Royal Rangers, you have Christian Service Brigade, Moana. Okay. Those are sort of Christian okay. boy um, organizations, but there was nothing like... Uh, you know, the, the robust awards program or the emphasis on the outdoors and uh, leadership and character. Uh, so some, it's a, lot, a lot of those are denominational. Okay. Uh, we're trans-denominational. We have probably 30, 40 different denominations involved in trail life. So we do have a uh, Trinitarian statement of faith and a statement of values. It talks about things like the definition of marriage and those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. But we have a multitude of denominational churches participating uh, they, okay. It's a it's a church owned 
troop. We really consider ourselves an outreach of the local church. Oh, interesting. So it's not like huh. the troop is just meeting in the basement. It is, it is a part of that church. Interesting. Um, okay. So that's where Boy Scouts began to lose their way. When they lost their connection with their chartering partners, and they mm. were just meeting in their building, um, the partners lost their voice, and the Boy Scouts weren't really interested in what they had to say. Because I know the Mormons have a big, have ha- used to have a big stake in yeah, Boy yeah. Scouts. I don't know if that's changed or it has. They pulled out. They used to. Every boy was automatically enrolled in, in Boy Scouts. Every Mormon boy. Huh. So, but they pulled out a couple of years ago. Okay. And I believe they're developing their own program. I haven't heard okay. anything, anything okay. about it, but uh, I think they, they they just couldn't do that anymore because of the. the so they would not be part of of this. They, they wouldn't be able to uh, agree with our statement of faith. Yeah. So okay. We have a Trinitarian statement of faith. Uh, it's a typical Nicene mm-hmm. creed. You know, the Bible is infallible word of God. Jesus Christ is the only way to get to God. Um, the, the, those sorts of things and that the Mormons wouldn't be able to yeah. sign on that. Now, in just reading the short blurb that I did, it talked about adult leadership of the true. Is that men or women as, as leaders? Yeah, at a certain level. I mean, women can serve in our organization all the way up to our national board of directors. Uh-huh. But because we are male-centric, we saw part of the problem with Boy Scouts is, like so many other areas, particularly in Christendom, uh, women are taking... In churches, 80% of our churches are, are, are women. Um, we felt like the boys needed a specifically male-centered program. Mm-hmm. So I think believe above fifth grade, the troop contact positions must be men. Oh, interesting. So where there can be uh, women who are working with the younger boys. Once so it's a little bit like Cub Scouts in that. Cub Scouts yeah, and Boy Scouts sort of that. have that delineation yeah, sometimes. Yeah, 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 except, yeah, except that now Boy Scouts is... It's boys, all over. It's boys and girls. So yeah, um, so yeah, we, we do we do insist on on male leadership, uh, you know, after a certain age. Yeah, and and in in certain roles, um, even at the in the troop contact roles, we want we want men taking the boys out camping and leading leading those meetings. And honestly, because we have a very strong patrol method, which means that we're encouraging boys to take the leadership in the troops. Mm. So past a certain age, the adults are stepping back, and the boys uh-huh. the boys are running the troop and. The, okay. The men are there in the room, but the boys are making the decisions. Would that be like a senior patrol leader in scouts? Sort of that, or? but even earlier than that, we okay. begin that we begin that transition. Okay. Uh, you know, we, we we do have that first officer positions, similar to the SPL, senior patrol leader, um, and that first officer, uh, you know, runs runs a troop at a high school level. Okay. But we begin with a junior patrol officer, um, patrol leader, uh, in the middle grade program, which is called Navigators. And so they're being trained to lead the troops. So it's 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 a transition of power as they as they get older mm-hmm. to where in the high school program, which is called the Adventurers, the boys are, are making a majority of the decisions and running the meetings. Um, the Boy Scouts have got a lot of trouble now with lawsuits, yes. you know, which is just a disaster. I don't know if they can survive all that, but um, what do, what precautions are there in place to prevent that kind of a problem? Yeah, well, that's interesting because. We were forged in the fires of this cultural battle, and we were able to look at Boy Scouts and say, where did they go wrong? Mm-hmm. And so we had that advantage. So the way that we're structured in terms of how we vet our adult leaders, you can't just go to our website and join as an adult. Um, you have to come through that local door through the local church. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we background check, uh, not just when you join, but, but uh, regularly we background check on all mm-hmm. of our adult leaders. And we also uh, provide child safety, youth protection, training not just once but 
you know, every two Ongoing. years. Ongoing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but, the, but the interesting thing about our program is we have a position called the Troop Ministry Liaison. And it's exactly what it sounds like. That, that Troop Ministry Liaison uh, stands between the local church and the troop and appoints all of the adult leaders. Mm. And it's, it's personal. Every adult leader is personally known. So we have that, that personal um, uh, reference, and they, they, they provide references, personal references. So that's another level of protection. It isn't just an adult who joins the troop, and nobody really knows who he is. Um, we also have a lanyard system. All of the, and when I was active in Boy Scouts, when my boys were active in Boy Scouts, I was not a member of Boy Scouts, but I was a dad, and I was in all the meetings when all the camp. Nobody ever background checked me. I was just a dad. Sure. Yeah. Um, we have our, our approved leaders wear lanyards so the boys can identify and the other adults can identify what leaders there have been through the training and have been through the background check. Dads are welcome to be a part of the program and, and attend the meetings. We don't want to separate dads from their, their sons. But as far as identifying who the leaders are uh, and who can provide too deep leadership and um, who can deliver the, the program materials to the boys, that has to be a, an approved adult who's wearing that lanyard to the meetings. Would the dads go on the campouts then? They do in some troops. In some troops they require the the adults to go to go through that, that process before they go. In other ones... The, the dads are allowed, but they don't camp with the boys. They may camp separate or whatever. Oh, interesting. So, and, and they don't qualify as two deep leadership. We require that there's two adult leaders present um, at all times. Okay. Uh, and we have, we, have, we have what we call the one, two, three of youth protection. Number one is uh, no one-on-one -on -one contact. There cannot be an adult alone with a boy unless it's his own son. Two deep leadership means that there's two, two adult leaders registered, approved, background check leaders with an eye shot or ear shot of, of mm. the group. And the third is buddy systems of three. Mm. So the boys are in a group of three when they go out and it has to be within their patrol level. Mm. So we don't have an imbalance of power. Actually, a lot of the things that the Boy Scouts run into is actually um, abuse uh, among the boys. Oh. Boy on boy sexual contact. Mm. And it's usually an older boy mm. and a younger boy. I see. There's, there's a power imbalance. So so we, we keep them within their patrol levels. We have three, I see. three levels, the elementary, middle school, and high school level. And so those buddy systems are within that patrol level, so there's not that kind of imbalance of, of yeah. power in that. It's, it, you know, of course, it makes it more, more difficult. From, uh, oh, but, right. But All it, of this is... But it, but it can't be as difficult as what the Boy Scouts are dealing with, which is open and avowed homosexual boys camping with, oh. you know, yeah. uh, either other open and avowed homosexual boys or... or younger boys who are not homosexuals. Right, so right. That, that's quite a challenge to administer that. So in our program, uh, we do have uh, higher standards in terms of the protection, but we don't have those sorts of uh, confusing issues. Yeah. There's a guy, I don't know if you know Gordon Dalby's writings. Of, uh, he was part of the group that uh, wrote stories about manhood and... Uh, there's a book called Iron John. It's kind of okay. in that vein of, yeah. of books. Yeah, I'm familiar with that, that book title. but I, yeah. I, I Anyway, he led a men's there. retreat once for our church and talked about being in Africa and the leaders of this tribe saying, how do you, how do you bring your young men into manhood? Yeah. And he just drew a blank. You know? <laughs> he didn't really know what to say. Mm -hmm. And in, in that tribe, they actually remove the boys, yep. sometimes kicking and screaming from the yep. clutches of the mother. I've heard that. Take them out for two weeks into the bush and they train them, you know, how to, how to build a hut and do all, how, to, how to hunt and all these things. And he comes back a man. Right, right, yeah. yeah. 
And uh, Boy at the time, Boy Scouts was one of the few institutions in the country doing that. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But now they're they've you know hit the you know hit the iceberg so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Yeah, it's really tragic. An organization yeah. over 100 years old that gave us presidents and senators and and civic leaders and generals and right. it's just kind of abandoned their focus on boys and if left left them to a culture that doesn't really value boyhood. It's like mm -hmm. like boyhood is some sort of social disease that needs to be eradicated. You know, we don't we don't pay attention to boys the way that we used to in the confusing mm -hmm. culture. You know, we say that boys are they're they're unguided, mm -hmm. meaning that there's there's not men in their lives. You know. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, one out of four boys is raised in a household with a single mom. Single moms are doing a Herculean task, but still that boy is left without a male role model in that household. What does it mean to be a man? Well, he doesn't know. And then he goes to school where 78% of the teachers are female. Mm -hmm. So very few male leaders in that boy's group. So, so he's got to be asking the question, what does it mean to be a man? Mm -hmm. and we also say that boys are ungrounded because, you know, 68% of, of Americans now no longer recognize the, the Bible and God as the source and foundation for morality. Well, that's shocking to our generation, you know, mm -hmm. which we're, so they don't have the, the grounding in the, 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 that we had growing up, or even simple things They're like, biblically illiterate. Yeah, biblically illiterate, but they also, also just the things that we used to take for granted, which a boy is a boy and a girl is a girl. Oh, right. So all these, yeah, yeah so it's, it's a nightmare. So these confusing, you know, and we think that you know they can they can manage this kind they can metabolize these kind of changes well maybe we can as a, adults but boys it's got to be confused what does it mean to be a boy oh yeah and then we also talk about how they're they're unappreciated you know we believe that boys and girls are different that boys uh need a program that's designed for them for the mm -hmm. rough and tumble ways and girls need programs that are designed for them but, but there's no there's not one that's better than the other they're just different and science right. tells us that every science psychology biology you know, sociology, every science points to differences between boys and girls, and we mm -hmm. tend to, we're trying to run right over that. And then finally, we don't, uh, we don't inspire boys like we used to. Mm. You know, we've taken risk and competition out. So participation trophies, we don't keep score, uh, we don't want to hurt your feelings. Um, mm. They've taken tag out of some schools because it hurts the emotional development <laughs> of boys to, to, to not be as fast as the other boys. Well, that's just that's a world that boys just don't get, and if there isn't some if there isn't something at stake, boys tend to lose interest. So they're asking the question, why even try? And so when you line those things up, they're they're unguided, they're ungrounded, they're unappreciated, they're uninspired. Uh, it's no wonder that boys are in the state that they're in today. So mm -hmm. Trail Life specifically has a program designed to. Um, to guide them with mm -hmm. adult male leadership, to ground them by pointing to the Bible as a source of absolute truth, to appreciate them by, by mm. saying you're different than girls, and to inspire them by giving them rough challenges and difficult things to overcome, to both succeed and fail. Mm. And we really believe that boys need to experience failure before they leave the house for the first time. Mm. Which is why that whole failure to launch, there's now more young men living at home than have ever been since we started counting that in the 1960 census. Mm. Because we're keeping boys isolated from failure. So the first time they get out of the house and go get a job and, and all of a sudden somebody says, well, you're not quite doing your job. That's not acceptable here. Mm. They run home because <laughs> they don't know what else to do. Whereas if they've experienced failure and been able to recover from that through challenges in trail life or pursuing badge work or pursuing a, mm. a, a difficult hike or something like that, they learn that they can do difficult things. And if they hang in there, uh, they, 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 can, they can get better at it. The only world that 
that kind of accounts for that rough and tumble or the risk and competition for boys is the video game world. You know, because they go there, they keep score. Mm. There's levels, clear delineation if you did good or not. You can fail and try again. You get another life and you try again. And boys boys love that environment because it mm. makes sense to them. Mm. And then we criticize them for playing so many video games. Right. So they really can't win no matter where they are. But we could, we could take a page out of the video game designer's book and say, you know, boys love risk and competition. Mm. You got two five-year-old boys who ask for permission to go to the water fountain. You know, your yes is the starter's pistol. I mean, they're, they're off, they're running. They automatically engage in competition. They, they, appre- they appreciate competition and, they, and they, they want to compete. When we take it out of their lives over and over again, they just left with why try? which is why we have this great failure launch, why we have now more women receiving, uh, more women than, than men attending college, more women than men receiving uh, uh, diplomas at every level, from bachelor's to master's to doctor, because boys have just recognized that that world isn't a world that they can, they can compete in. Schools and our educational system is designed for girls. Sit still, be quiet, pay attention. And that just, boys just aren't wired for that. Mm. So Trail Off USA responds to these things. It creates an environment where we recognize boys will be boys. We need to keep them safe. We need to keep them respectful. But we need to mm. teach them that they can be strong. They can be dangerous. Mm. They, can, they can be protectors. They can be warriors. And, uh, you know, we had a generation in World War II that uh, they found their purpose in going off and giving their lives uh, for freedom. And then after they came back, they gave their lives in the business world, you know, through heart disease and stress and those men dying of heart attacks because they came back. And, but they had a mission. We're going to go out. We got a purpose. I go to work for my family. And, of course, all that has changed now. Mm. And men and boys have lost that focus, or that, that driving force around purpose and, and, and identity that, that gets them up and out of bed in the morning. And so they find that in a video game world, which is just tragic. Well, and the other world they find is the gang world. Yeah. The gangs do a wonderful job. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, boys are looking for three things. Who's with me? Who's in charge? And what is our, what is our mission? And gangs do a really good job of that. Who's with me? And they, they set up, they have gang uh, colors or jackets, whatever. They have their signs. They have their language. Who's, 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 who's in charge? They have a clear hierarchical structure. And what's our mission? They give boys a mission. So they're growing exponentially because they line those things up. In Trail of USA, we do the same thing. We set them up in patrols. So they have a patrol name. They have a patrol yell. They have a patrol flag. They identify with a group. They know who's in charge because they elect the leader of their patrol. And they have a mission, whether it's to hike five miles today or find the next water source or, or complete an orientation course or, or build a build, build a, 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 a bridge to get lashed together, a bridge together, or a tower, or something mm-hmm. like that. They have those things. They know who's with me. They know who's in charge, and they know what their mission is, and that is inspiring for boys. You've got to take a page out of the gang's book. You're absolutely right, <laughs> and, and, and provide those kind of environments for boys. Um, do you, did your own father, did you share that experience with him, or...? I did not. We were involved okay. for a little while in an organization called Indian Guides. Oh, yeah. My father and I participated, and we did spend time together. We enjoyed uh, uh, sport fishing. So we okay. So where, where was that? Out down in South Florida. South Florida. So I was, uh, I guess you could say I was first mate on his on his boat. So he would take out clients or friends or whatever, and mm-hmm. I, I ran the boat. 
Uh, so we had a great, great experience together. It wasn't until my boys were, I think, maybe 10 and 12 that we got involved in Boy Scouts. Mm. And again, I wasn't a leader. I wasn't a member. You know, it's one of those things where somebody came to me and said, hey, you know, you're hanging around a lot. And I said, well, yeah, because I'm a homeschool dad. Well, I don't drop my sons in anything. <laughs> but they said, do you want to be a leader? And I mm. said, I don't think I'm called to be a leader in a boys' organization. You know, and mm. God kind of laughed at that. And, and when Trail Life <laughs> came along, he said, he said, I need you now. So, so here I am. So I'm the least likely person to be in my position because I don't have that kind of uh, mm-hmm. background. But I'm surrounded by amazing men. Uh, who, who complete that for me. So I, I bring a perspective from outside that scouting world uh, to building a new uh, um, Christ-centered Bible world. My, my background is in mental health counseling and, and marriage and family therapy and um, ran a business for a number of years, advertising agency for about 15 years and, and also uh, ministry. So I bring those pieces to it mm-hmm. and there's plenty of men in our, amazing men in our, in our movement to who know how to manage the outdoors and, mm. and do the things that I that I never learned to do. <laughs> um, do the boys wear uniforms similar to scouts? Or they do. And we okay. actually have three levels of uniforms because we want to make the, the program, uh, you know, accessible to families on a budget. Uh, but we do have a formal uniform. It's an amazing uniform, very unique, uh, striking uniform. And then we also have what we have what we call trail, travel, and troop uniforms. The trail mm-hmm. uniform is, is, is a T-shirt. And the, the travel uniform is like a polo shirt. They'll wear that if they go on an outing, like to go to a museum or to visit okay. something in the community. And then the troop uniform is what they use. That's the formal uh, trail life uniform that they use for their ceremonies. And okay. Things like that. Yeah, I know one, one of the complaints, at least in a place like Southern California, is a perception that it's not cool to be a Boy Scout yeah. or, you know, because of the uniform. Yeah. It seems like a dated, you know, yeah. kind of a thing. But... Having those delineations sounds like it makes it more appropriate to where <laughs> where you're appearing. It does. It allows yeah. them to go outdoors and not and not uh, or to go out in the community. And you know, the troop uniform really just brings that that solemn sense to the ceremonies, the award ceremonies, the recognition recognition ceremonies. Our highest award is called the Freedom Award. Okay. The Freedom Range. We have about 400 of them in the country. So that would be similar to an Eagle Scout. It would be similar in that it is our Apex Award. Now, we do allow Boy Scouts to transfer over because a lot of the badges in Boy Scouts are similar. You know, camp, oh, so if a Boy, in Boy Scouts, he can come over to yours and you accept yeah, his badges? Correct. There's, there's some of them that we do. Now, of course, with some badges that we have, particularly the values badges that talk about things like what it means to be a family man. Well, the Boy, Boy Scouts' definition of a family man is very different than what you find in a Christian organization. But starting a fire, doing some rope work, camping, some of those... The skills are the same whether you're mm-hmm. honoring God or not. So mm-hmm. there are some some of those skills are able to come over, or if they can come over and demonstrate those skills, then a, then a troop master will will give them the award. But the eagle, uh, there is a pathway for eagle scouts to pursue towards a freedom rangeman. And my, freedom what? Freedom rangeman is our the, the freedom range. Award. They call him a rangeman. Uh-huh. Rangeman. Okay. Because he's at the top of the mountain range. He's he's achieved the, okay. the, the height of the trail. Okay. Um, so he. Uh, my, my son was an Eagle Scout, transferred into trail life. It took him about a year and a half to, to take his Eagle Scout and turn it into a freedom. Oh, interesting. Freedom so award. he got both? Yeah, he got both because, you know, there's, there's uh, values elements and faith elements to ours that you're not going to find in the Eagle. So it does, it does take some time. It is a more difficult reward to achieve. Um, hmm. I know it's more difficult than an Eagle Scout. Award. It is interesting. It is. Yeah. As you'll see boys in Eagle Scouts, uh, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old. 
our, our, our award typically a boy isn't going to get until he's 17 mm. or having just turned 18. If he completes most of his badge work before he's 18, he can still earn it when he's, when he's, eight, when he's 18 years old, but it's usually for boys just before they turn 18. So it's, it's, it's more difficult to achieve because of the faith elements okay. and, uh, and, and some of the things uh, over time, uh, Boy Scouts have, have softened some of their, their requirements. It's not quite even the award it used to be in, within Boy Scouts. Okay. And, uh, so, so Do you have camps in the summer? Our troops are camping all over the place. We don't own camps. Okay. And that's another thing we looked at at the beginning. We've been offered probably 10 or 15 camps, and we've, huh. turned, we've, we've only accepted one. We have a 127-acre facility in South Carolina. We accepted that one because it has all the administrative complex, and that's where our home office is. So we function okay. out of there, and we have a camp there. We don't provide any services. We have, there's, there's campsites and trails and all those things, but the troops come and do their own programs there. Because we're in 50 states, we're not just on the one place. But that's one of the places that Boy Scouts got in trouble is uh, maintaining camps. How expensive. Oh. They're constantly raising money to, I see. to restore camps. I see. And so we said we don't need that. Mm-hmm. And so our troops, they can't, national parks, state parks, Christian adventure camps. Um, they Could you just rent something for the, uh, yeah. a week or whatever? Yeah, they do that all the time. Yeah. Uh, like uh, in 2023, we're having our national uh nationwide camp out at a, at a camp in outside Louisville, Kentucky. And there'll okay. be, there'll be a thousand, fifteen hundred, uh, trailmen that show up there. Uh, in 2019, we had our last large gathering and that was in, in North Georgia. Um, every summer there's usually six to eight regional adventures. We have, we have eight regions and every summer there's six to eight regional adventures. We put together totally by volunteers mm. and they'll go to a camp facility and they'll rent it for the week and bring the boys in there. But, mm. but we, don't, we don't own the properties and we have intention not to just because of everything that goes along with that. So we focus on the thing that we do really well, which is deliver a quality program that's Christ-centered and boy-focused and, uh, and, and support our troops in, in what it is that they're doing. And they can camp wherever they want to. It was a question at first because initially a lot of our troops were formerly Boy Scout troops. And they're like, well, we always camp at X camp. What are we going to do now? Right. And they just didn't. It, but I haven't been asked that question in six years now because it's like <clears throat> we've discovered all these amazing places out there to camp. You know, yeah. they were driving past national parks to camp at a Boy Scout camp, you know. <laughs> right. And yeah. so now they've discovered this whole new thing. And so they'll do, they do whitewater rafting trips mm. and they do, um, we had a troop, uh, did an amazing trip in Alaska. Mm. Um, uh, so they'll, they'll, they'll find their own adventures and there's plenty of people out there, particularly Christian adventure companies that will cater to, they love seeing our troops. Mm. And we could try to do that. We can go into that business, but there are people who are doing that day in and day out. And they're much better than we would be at it. Mm-hmm. So our focus is our focus. We let them focus on building good quality camps, and our and our troops attend those. In our Boy Scout troop, it was started by a <coughs> former pastor, and he insisted that the boys memorize scripture as part of their whole training. Beautiful. And uh, we met at a church, although it was mainly the use of the building. But um, we used to say that we wanted the boys to get to Eagle before 16 when they discovered cars and girls right. <laughs> and got distracted. Perfumes and perfumes is what they <laughs> <Right>. say. <laughs> so, and then, the, and then the other thing was to go to two summer camps, you know, two camps in the summer each year and you get most of your badges, right. you know. 
So that was kind of a formula that was, yeah. you know, in, in people's minds. Yeah, it really was. And, and having, again, having two boys in the Boy Scout program, I recognize that. But I remember thinking how odd it was one summer when we were at this beautiful Boy Scout camp. I was there with my son who had later achieved Eagle Scout. And it had that sense. Get in there, get as many badges as you can this week. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there with him at a picnic table. And there's a beautiful lake and there's boats and canoes and everything sitting on the shore. And I'm sitting at the picnic table as a 15-year-old boy is teaching him about traffic safety. So he has badge move on. (laughs) I thought, well, this is strange. So that's part of what goes into our philosophy, which is a little bit different than Boy Scouts. Mm -hmm. We use the whole year to work on badges. We don't have badge camps. The summer is a summer adventure. That's when they go out and utilize those skills. So typically boys are not earning any awards during the summer they're going out and having fun that's great <laughs> and so it's it's, yeah. it's a little bit of a different approach i think boy scouts over the year because over the years because the the eagle had had attained some sort of a luster that that became a goal of parents and and because of that they adjusted to say well let's give you an opportunity to really reach that goal quickly mm-hmm. before your boy discovers girls and cars and uh so that that's the direction they went in we went in a direction that says you know what if the boy isn't interested in this program, uh, we're not. We, we don't need to accommodate him. You know, we mm-hmm. don't have to. He, every boy doesn't have to get the Freedom Award. Yeah. And uh, so, so it is. It's intentionally designed uh, for the boy who sticks around, who works hard, and achieves that. And generally, now you've got a 17-year-old boy who's a lot closer to who he's going to be than that 13-year-old boy who gets his eagle and then quits the program. Mm. Now you got him out there floating around, and you don't really know who he is, but he's waving his eagle around. And uh, so, so we, we, that, we were very, um, uh, that was intentional uh, to create a program that said, okay, we're going to lose boys. If they get distracted, we're going to lose them. But if, if a boy gets distracted and leaves, did we really have him? Mm-hmm. Was he really invested in the program? Do we really want to tell him he's earned the highest award if he's going to be distracted by something like that? Mm-hmm. So different philosophy, different approach, but we think that it's producing really outstanding young men. Well, I think the need is so great. In my mind, you know, you look at America and things are really going south in a big way. And this is one of the few hopes to me in what we do with the men. My, my wife and I often say, and she was the first to say it, we have a crisis of men yeah. in the country and this is one of the few things, I mean, Boy Scouts used to be, but this, whoever succeeds the Boy Scouts, mm-hmm. it's like the only hope of yeah. for the next generation. Yeah, we really are a culture that has forgotten boys, yeah. and it's almost unpopular to support boys like they've been painted with some kind of broad brush of toxic masculinity. And yeah. so we are boy-focused. Even yeah. Boy Scouts abandon that space. And so we've, we've taken it, and uh, so we, you know, we will gladly serve boys because yeah. they're being forgotten it's like boyhood is some kind of social disease that needs to be eradicated we're not we're not paying attention we're not recognizing their strengths and uh, so we're we're we are boy focused and, and people say will you ever will you ever change that like the, the boy scouts and we are christ-centered say, will you ever change that like boy scouts and i says no why would we do if we did that we let's would, hope not no you would you wouldn't need us you yeah know, that's the thing that that creates our our unique space in, in mm-hmm. this world. If we did that, I, I would just say, just go join the Boy Scouts. They've been around a lot longer. They got a lot of the bugs worked out of it. Mm. Um, but uh, no, we are, we, we will not bend on, on at least those two things. Yeah. Another thing that we did, seeing what happened with the Boy Scouts, you know that the decisions that they made to abandon some of those traditional values was really made at the top. Um, the troops voted against it. And uh, then they brought 
the troops voted against it. Then they brought in some hand-picked delegates to vote for the change. And so in our organization, uh, our board of directors, in any major change to the organization from our membership standards, who we allow to join, our statement of faith, our statement of values, um, uh, those sorts of things are voted on by the troops. So every troop has one vote. That troop ministry liaison who stands between the church and the troop votes. Mm. Our board of directors is elected by those people. Mm. Um, if, in order to change any of those things, statement of faith, membership standards, the things that Boy Scouts got away with, 80% of the troops have to vote for that change. Now you got to remember, they joined because of <laughs> who mm. we are. And so they would have to somehow decide, 80% of them would have to decide, we don't want to do that. That seems like a good safeguard. Yeah, so we've secured it because we saw what happened to the Boy Scouts. When the Boy Scouts was founded, you didn't have to define who God, oh, right. who God was. Yeah. You didn't have to define who a boy was. Everybody right. knew what a boy was. Yeah. I remember even in 2013, as we were putting our founding documents together, we were talking about what membership would consist of. And somebody said, well, it'll be boys from five years old to 18 years old. And somebody said, I don't think we should say boys. This was just 2013, not that long ago. And we all kind of looked at it like, I mean, it was crazy. He said, no, I think we need to say biological male children. And we're like, wow, all right, that's a strange statement, but I'll tell you what. <laughs> it's <so true. laughs> It's working today. <laughs> yeah. you know? I remember, maybe you remember this too, when they added the score to football games. So you'd be watching a football game, and all of a sudden they had this little cutout of the scoreboard up there. And it was distracting us all get out for me. Now you watch it, and they're telling you everything from your fantasy football things, the yardage. The, on that screen, there's so much information. Right. And you look at yeah. kids in the video games that they're playing. You look at their phones. There's so much information. Boys are, grow up in a world where there's multiple channels coming out mm. at the same time, and they can process all that. Then we sit in the classroom and say, pay attention to that one person standing in the front. And they're just they're looking for other stimuli because it's just not enough. Yeah. So I tell the leaders, give them something distracting. Mm. You know, don't don't say that boy. Just don't be quiet. Pay attention. Listen to every word I'm saying. You've lost him already. He fails in that environment. He knows yeah. he doesn't fit. So I know my I have two sons, and I remember driving along in the car, and my older son had learned his ABCs. The two kids were in the car seats in the back, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, my younger son just said his ABCs. <laughs> As we were like, "Where'd you get that?" He would just he had just been listening. You know? <laughs> we didn't know he was learning. We didn't yeah. sit him down and say, yeah. "Okay, A, A, B, right. B." We didn't. He just picked it up from mm. his environment. Boys learn from from they, mm. they, they don't need it. that focus is actually hard for them, and so we give them drugs to try to keep them focused. But then they're in a world where there's so many channels coming from at once. Yeah, we're setting them up for the failure that that we're seeing in our society. Yeah. Now, we're aware of a phenomenon of, of men in their early 30s who are just lost, and they're living at home with the parents, their, their career is floundering, they're, you know, because of COVID, they've been in a depressed state, yep. you know, it's just a tragedy. Yeah, it is. What's going on with... Yeah, that's failure to launch. Yeah. It's, it's, there's, there are now more young men living at home than have ever lived at home since I started counting that in 1960 in the census. That's the first time I started counting it. And it's a failure to launch because we haven't challenged them. We haven't given them an opportunity to fail and succeed. They go outside the home, fail for the first time, and run home again. Mm. So, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's a real tragedy in our culture today. They, the, men, the men stay at home playing video games in that world that they can succeed in while the girlfriend is out, uh, is out working. Gee. Just, uh, just tragic. Yeah. Um, 
do you have do you put out press releases related to what you're doing? Or? We do. Okay. We do about just about weekly. Oh, you do. Okay. Out. Maybe uh, I could start with some of that content and then just add in some of what we've been talking be about. Yeah. Be great. So I've got the this is what we call our proven process. Okay. There's four things that I referenced: the the, ungu the unguided, ungrounded, unappreciated, and uninspired. Hmm. These would be the biggest problems that boys are facing. Oh, the, yeah. The question leaves them with is, what does it mean to be a man? What are the boundaries? Because we don't have any moral absolutes. Mm. Where, do I, where do I belong? Because we think boys and girls are the same, and they don't know where they fit. And why even try? Because we've taken risk and competition in our lives. Mm. That's the solution, and this is specifically how Trail, trail Life addresses each one of these Great. problems. Great. What a, what a good... Uh, clear was, way of communicating was, your mission. That was months of my dry erase board work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, thank you. So. Okay. Well, I've really enjoyed uh, the conversation. Thank you, Mark. And I pray... Uh, you ask great you know, questions. You push a lot of my... <laughs> <laughs> I pray you'll meet uh, some good contacts that will help, you know, so get the word out during this thank time. You, yeah. To find out more about this organization, go to traillifeusa.com. If you've enjoyed listening, please consider sharing one of these episodes with a friend or give us a like.